Hello, welcome to What Else Do You Do? I'm your host, Masao, and today we have Marie-Claude Bernard. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Masao. Um, yes, I'm Marie. I'm the Director of Marketing Communications at Behavior Interactive out of Montreal. So since this podcast is What Else Do You Do? What else do you do? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, so I'm a competitive Olympic weightlifter. Um, it's not powerlifting. It's not CrossFit. It really is the sport that you see in the Olympics uh, that's comprised of two movements, the clean and jerk and the snatch. So I don't bench. I don't deadlift. I really do Olympic weightlifting. Well, I'm, I'm assuming you do those for training purposes as well. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes we run into, well, back in the day when we used to take the bus, we would run into each other. And I think I mentioned powerlifting and you looked at me and like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what people think all the time. That's that's why I say I don't bench. Um, no, weightlifting is um, is not as popular, I guess, as powerlifting, or it's not uh, the image that people have in their brains when when they think of uh, a bar and and lifting things. Um, so yeah, I always correct people because I think it's it's such a beautiful sport that needs to be known a bit more widely. So how did you end up doing weightlifting? Well, that's an interesting story. Um, it starts off a bit sad, but I'm so happy to, to share this now because I think it's important. Um, so in 2014, um, I suffered from severe depression. Um, I went on sick leave for six months. Um, you know, I was in therapy for a long time and still am, um, you know, medication, all of that. And at some point, my therapist told me, you know, Marie, you need to start moving. I was never uh, the sportsy type. Never, never, never. That was on, you know, that was all on my brother. And um, I told myself, well, okay, fine. Uh, if I need to do this, can I find a sport where, uh, you know, I don't need a lot of equipment. I don't need to go to the gym and be surrounded by super fit people. Um, so I said, okay, what, I guess I could try running. You don't need much. And, you know, it's, it's easy to just get out of the house, be outside and run for a bit. So I did that. Um, I'm kind of an overachiever. Uh, so I told myself, let's, you know, you'll hear, let's go from couch to 5K. I told myself, let's go from couch to half marathon. Um, so I, I started running. I did my half marathon in Hawaii. Um, and that was, I mean, the experience was great. But at the end of the day, I didn't have a passion for running. I kind of, you know, put a check next to my goal. And then I, I told myself, well, let's let's find something else. I really don't like this. Um, <laughs> so, I, I hate running. So uh, the idea of doing a half marathon is just like, sounds like punishment. Well, I mean, the scenery was beautiful. Uh, but I really, every, every step of the way was like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this to myself? So I started hit training. Um, and you know, it, it, I was getting in the groove of, of moving around and, and, you know, being around the weights and all this, and I was getting more in shape too. And I liked it, but it wasn't enough. Um, when I moved, there was a CrossFit, a CrossFit gym across the street. So I said, well, let's, let's try this. And I did that for a number of years. Um, you know, I competed in the sport too, and I, I liked it. But what I liked the most really was weightlifting. So I told myself, well, let's, let's 
try it out. Let's let's find a weightlifting club um, and let's try it out. So I went and uh, um, there is this uh, wonderful club in uh, Montreal in the southwest uh, called Les Géants de Montréal. And I tried out. Uh, I loved it. Four years later, I'm still a member. And I, that's kind of the story. That's how it all started. And I love this. I really do. That's a that's a lovely story. Um, I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of our interviews kind of starts off with uh, so <laughs> I don't get a lot of physical exercise due to working in the games industry, <laughs> so I started doing this thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think if. You know, for me, weightlifting and all the sports that came before that, right, head training, the running, the CrossFit, they all helped kind of cut my day, take my mind off work and really focus on something that was only for me. And that's been, I mean, we were talking about depression earlier. That's really been important in my journey to recovery. Um, and it still is today, right? We work so hard. We're in front of screens all day. So unplugging and just being in front of a bar and lifting heavy shit, it's been great. Actually, that kind of leads into my next question, which is, um, what do you get out of this that you don't get from working in the games industry? Yeah. Um, well, the short story really is physical exertion, lifting heavy shit. Um, there's <laughs> there's something really powerful in doing this. Um, it allows me to, again, just forget about my day, forget about anything that went well or wrong during the day and just focus on that bar. It's just me and the bar. Um, it is an individual sport uh, that's practiced in a group setting. Um, so, you know, we get that, those good vibes of cheering on each other when we're trying to lift new weights, but at the same time, you're the only person responsible for your success, which really isn't the case in the games industry and in, in my job anyways. Um, I also get to interact with people who come from all horizons. Um, I feel like, and you know, you, I'm sure you can tell me the same thing. We've been in the industry for so long. We're used to, um, being in our bubbles, right? We, we talk about games, we work on games. Uh, we look at the future of games, uh, being in an environment where I train with, you know, IT guys, physiotherapists, teachers, uh, kids, uh, people on the national team. It, it brings me so much. Uh, it opens up kind of my horizon and, and get, gets me talking about other things. It's just been um, so powerful for me. And, you know, when, when we talk about the, sports, the sport itself, uh, weightlifting is about lifting things, but it's also about technique and timing. And focusing on this and not thinking about everything else that goes on in, in the day, that goes on in the world, has been very powerful to me. Um, you know, it kind of complements my meditation practice. Um, so that's been also great health-wise. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot. Um, and it's, it's certainly something that you know, takes, takes me away from, from my job and takes me in a whole new setting, a whole new environment. 
Have you been able to practice at all with uh, with all the lockdowns? Uh, it's been a while, unfortunately. So the club is in a, a Montreal facility, so it, it's um, it's a, a city-run building, uh, which means it's been closed since end of September. We we were closed for a bit uh, during the first wave. We reopened very briefly. Uh, I was great just going back and having a bar again, and you know, uh, working out. And now it's been closed, yeah, for for a while. And so I'm so looking forward to doing more than just um, little little programs in my living room. Is there any way that you can actually kind of work out some of the some of the muscles you need, or? Um, so, you know, I, as I was saying, I've been following little apps to keep um, my core strength, for example, and I did um, I did borrow uh, dumbbells from the gym, so I'm super lucky to have those, and they've been keeping me busy. But unfortunately, um, you know, practicing weightlifting does suppose that you have a space that you don't have neighbors downstairs <laughs> and that you can actually drop the bar. And unfortunately, yeah. this is not something I have at the moment. Typical houses would probably, <laughs> the floorboards probably wouldn't survive the kind of <laughs> weights that you, you're picking up. <laughs> Let's flip the question over. What do you think weightlifting brings to your job in terms of your process or your creative output? Yeah, um, I think that it, first and foremost, it keeps me grounded, knowing that at the end of the day, I can go and into my training and unplug, unwind. Um, it really helps me during the day to kind of say, okay, let's focus on work. We have this after. Um, as a sport, uh, as a sport, it really empowers me. Uh, it, it does give me a lot of men- mental strength. Um, which not that I didn't have any before, but when you're alone with a bar and you need to lift so much weight over your head, you kind of have to develop very specific techniques of visualization, of uh, trust in yourself, of self-confidence, and that's helped me tremendously. Um, it it's it, it kind of brings also a, a coaching aspect, especially with younger members of my team where, um, you know, it's, it kind of changed how I managed my team and how, um, how I help people grow. I, I take a lot of cues from, from my coach in, in that regard. And I think the most important thing, and that's why I kept it for the end, um, it's made me realize that small progress is progress. Uh, you know, when you start in weightlifting, you you kind of have PRs, uh, personal records, have every day. Every time you get on the platform, you can suddenly lift 10 pounds heavier. Um, and that's great. But you reach a point where, you know, maybe you add a kilo to your bar um, every year. Maybe you get just a little better timing on your movement or a little better in your positioning and your start position. And that makes a whole world of a difference. And what I get from that is every time I get to work and something goes just a little better or I I get just a little better result from a member of my team or myself, I'm just a little better at um, executing something. Well, that's a big win and that should be celebrated. And um, it's really the, the most positive thing that's come out of this for me. Yeah, I could I could see how that's uh, that's a really positive aspect. 
do you mind talking about how much you can lift? Like, because <laughs> I'm really curious, or is that a rude thing to ask? I'm not. A lady does not share her numbers, um, but but uh, I mean, if we look at um, how I've progressed, right? Um, so I started as a very rookie uh, doing things in a CrossFit gym. Um, I'm now, you know, I've won provincials twice. Uh, I've won a bunch of local competitions, and I've also won nationals last year in my category. Wow. Um, and I also hold a national record in the snatch movement. So I guess I'm okay. <laughs> so I guess I guess if I if I really want to know I can look it up. That's <laughs> what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really amazing though. Yeah, I mean and, and again this all ties up to where it all started, right? From a very low point in my life all the way to to winning competitions, uh, it's I've been amazed at my progress and kind of proud of this. And it's not something that I say very often, but geez, going from no sports to to participating in in those meets, it's kind of cool. Like within five years, like exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty nuts. It is, and uh, you know, when when you look at this, I'm really old. Um, for competition, it, I'm really old, uh, and and I'm not kidding. Uh, you know, I I train with people who are on the national team and hoping that Tokyo does happen, and these people are in their early twenties. So um, being 36, I, I'm I'm you know I'm a grandma, and that's fine, uh, you know. But but this being said, and that's one thing that I, I kind of want people to know about weightlifting is that, yes, it does look intimidating, but I train with kids who are six years old, just starting out. I train with a gentleman who's over 50. And when I do compete, um, there's this um, this person, he's great. He's been training since he was a kid and he's over 80 now. And so this is a sport that looks for really, young, you know, it looks like it's for really young people, but it's super accessible when you when you start. You just need to kind of move over this barrier that you're putting for yourself. So typically we only talk about one subject, but since this, uh, in your case, it seemed like such a such a departure. <laughs> I wanted to cover both things. So other than weightlifting, uh, what else do you do? Um, outside of weightlifting, I'm very, very active in sewing in the sewing community. So as you can see, they are very, they're very different hobbies and they kind of stand at both ends of the spectrum. One is uh, a bit more brute force and the other is very much uh, uh, on the details and precision and uh, minutiae, I guess. Um, so that's that's something that was passed on from my grandmother who uh, used to sew my clothes when I was a little girl and who showed me how to sew on her very old Singer sewing machine. And um, that's something I've picked up again, uh, when was it, two, three years ago when I said, well, I, I kind of miss doing something with my hands. Uh, let's do something that's a bit more, I don't know, quiet, calm, uh, that requires more precision than, than weightlifting, and let's sew again. So I, I bought myself a sewing machine, and I started just, you know, doing my own clothes. And so it, it kind of ties neatly with weightlifting as well, because um, 
I I stopped buying gym clothes. I really did. I started. Oh wow! Yeah, um, I started making my own leggings. I started making my own t-shirts and tank tops and all of that. So I, I guess you have a serger. You need a serger, right? For... I do. I do. So I have a sewing machine for, um, for you know, I, I want to say, quote, unquote, regular clothes. And I do have a, a serger slash cover stitch machine. That's it's a combo machine to do all of my um, all of my knits um, and, and my gym clothes and everything that's uh, of knitting fabrics. That's super cool. I actually have a, a Singer Featherweight from early 1900s because wow. <laughs> my wife got it for me uh, because uh, I like to sew as well. You do? I do. Um, I'm not very good and I just kind of, I, I don't know, I do kind of weird odds and ends stuff. Like like this over Christmas, I, I made my my daughter uh, like a Christmas stocking Um and I, uh, I was really into like denim darning for a minute <laughs> until I realized like I should just pay somebody else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's something that's very rewarding about making your own clothes or projects or whatever it is, right? Uh, you know, I, I started with very little projects and I kind of went on from there and, you know, watched all the YouTube videos and tutorials and all of this. And last winter I made myself a, a winter coat. Um, so there, there's no limits to what you can do. It's, you made your own winter coat. That's, pre- that's pretty crazy. So like with all the, like the kind of the fancy high tech fabrics and stuff or more of a traditional it, coat. It's more of a dressy coat. So I do have all of these you know, more technical coats when it's super cold or there's a snowfall or whatever it is. I, I wanted a more dressy coat and I was on a, a, a business trip in New York City. I went to a, a super cool store where there's like seven, seven, um, um, you know, different, uh, different floors of different fabrics. It's a, it, I was like a little kid in the candy store and I bought uh, a, a mix of wool and cashmere and I brought this back and I said, okay, I'm, I'm making my, my own uh, kind of Burberry inspired jacket or dressy coat. And it turned out very well for our first experiment, I have to say. That's super cool. My, uh, <laughs> my attempts at sewing is generally less, uh, less planned and more chaotic and the output is definitely less... Uh... <laughs> consistent oh, okay. <laughs> consistency is key though the oh more, yeah for sure the more consistent you are the better you can develop your skills and that goes for weightlifting for sewing for work whatever it is right for sure uh, do you have any uh, do you have any projects on the horizon in terms of uh next sewing projects yes yeah, so i uh, there are two actually and both are jackets uh so it's fun that we're talking about this uh so i do want to make myself a technical winter jacket so i have the pattern and all the fabrics and all of this and i do want to make myself a um, very traditional burberry coat um, trench coat based on the real thing and i was able to um, dig this um, it's called gabardine um, that's the the fabric that they used to make it with back in you know during the war, actually, because this has a very historical, it's played a very historical role for soldiers and all. And so um, I, I really want to, you know, start doing this. It's 
the pattern itself has over 50 pieces. It's going to be oh, a wow. long-term project. But 50 really, pieces? Yeah, I'm really excited to be jumping into this. 50 pieces, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, once you start, the, you, you have a lot more respect for the people who make clothes for a living. Uh, you get to see how complicated this, this is, how the details, the time it takes, uh, and you, you cherish your clothes a lot more too. You want them to last. Yeah, and no, I definitely, um, I mean, 50 pieces, I'm still kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to think about the lining. Uh, then you reflect all of this on the outside. Uh, you have, you know, the belt. All the pockets. And the, the pockets, the lapel, the collar. So many different steps. It's, it's so impressive. So how long do you think it'll take you to do? Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Well, if, you know, uh, on my, my dressy winter coat that I made last year took me, I want to say about 25 to 30 hours all in all from, you know, putting the pattern together all the way to sewing the last button. So it's probably something that's similar for this one, if, if not longer. Well, this has uh, motivated me to perhaps try to do something. Maybe I'll try to make a shirt this year. Why not? That would be great. I'd be happy to see it. And if you need tips, you let me know. I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I do. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where to look for for patterns. So there's a ton of resources online. Uh, honestly, I, you know, Green Style, for example, is a very good company that has a lot of just simple. Um, outdoorsy or sports clothes, good resource to start. Okay, well, I'll I'll look into that. <laughs> well, this has been really a lot of fun. Thank you, thank you so much for making the time. You're so welcome. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. And hopefully, all of this, all the, all this lockdown will be <laughs> over soon, and I, I'll run into you again on the street. And we can talk about weightlifting for sure. Yeah, or, or sewing. <laughs> or sewing. I'll be asking about that shirt. Well, now that I said it, now I have to do it. So <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's, the, that's the motivation I needed. <laughs> exactly. It will be in a podcast. <laughs> be hanging over me like, oh, man, I really need to start it. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I really, I really shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, thank you very much and have a lovely day. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. And as always, thank you to Dave Wallace for providing the music for this and every episode. Thank you to Therese Lance for creating the logo. And uh, yeah, that's it. Remember to rate and subscribe. And until next week, bye-bye.